How's everybody doing? Yeah? You excited to be here? 8 o'clock in the morning, ready to rock? Yeah, good. Hey, um, I have been a busy boy. About a month ago, I was in India with a crew here from Cornerstone, and I got to lead a three-day conference for 600 pastors in India, which was way cool. Uh, I'm still kind of uh, uh, recovering from that trip, having... Uh, seeing lepers with no fingers and no toes worship God and call him great. And little orphan kids who memorize scripture and are jazzed about God saving them and loving them. And, and AIDS patients and the elderly. And I mean just so much. It was overwhelming. And so I'm still, I might preach angry this morning. I might just start crying. It could be really interesting. I don't know. So I'm still recovering uh, from the trip. And then last week, uh, I got to preach at my old church uh, for the kids. Uh, I got to spend some time, and I got to teach for an overnighter, and then teach for that old youth group. But I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be with you, excited to be back here at home, uh, ready to go. So how, how about you say we pray, and ask that uh, God allows me not to say anything stupid, uh, so I don't distract uh, from what he wants to communicate through his word. Let's go. Lord, we love you, and we thank you that you are a loving, loving God who cares deeply for us. Thank you that you use us in spite of ourselves, God, when we open our lives up to you. Lord, through, the, through your word this morning, would you help us understand uh, what we need to do in order to truly get you and understand you, how we are to respond to you. And God, thank you for this church that continues to be a church that people come to to hear your word. And God, you are relentless, and we love that. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Paul uh, ended the series last week by basically saying the son, the prodigal son uh, leaves, uh, kind of says, hey, I'm going to do my own thing, Pops. I'm going to do my, I got a different plan. Your plan seems to be really slow, and I got a different plan. So I'm going to go do my thing, okay? I'm going to go take my part, and I'm going to go run away. And then he comes to this moment where he's like, oh my goodness, I made a terrible mistake, right? And, and, and he starts thinking about home. He starts thinking about his father. There is no clearer passage in the Bible, as I've done all this study uh, to be able to teach you this morning. There's no clearer passage in Scripture that, that depicts the depravity of man and the graciousness and love of God. And I believe this morning, if you, if you and I will just listen to what God is trying to teach us through his word, we're going to learn some really cool things about who God is and, and what does it mean for us who are sinners. And there are people in this room who have never made that decision to follow Jesus. This is for you. Those of you who have, pay attention. Be grateful. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict your heart and that you would respond through that conviction. So uh, let's get there. Verse 17 is where he left off. Luke 15, uh, verse 17. And uh, we'll get going here. Luke uh, 17 says this, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired men have food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer to be called your son. Please take me on as a higher hand. I love, I love this moment <clears throat> because he literally comes to his senses. He has this out-of-body experience, and he's looking at himself as he's wrestling a pig, which would have been culturally unclean for them to even do. 
over a cob of corn, and he's coming to his senses, and he's going, oh my goodness, what have I done? Look at the condition of my, what in the, and he's just, oh my goodness, I am out of control. How did this happen? And see, that question is the beginning of where repentance starts. When you have this, and literally in other translations, what it means is he came to himself. He went, this isn't me. This isn't what I was designed to do. This isn't what I'm supposed to be, where I'm supposed to be. He comes to his senses. And he starts to think about home. When you finally come to your senses, when you start to ask that question, how did this happen? How did I get here? You are on the front step of repentance, of moving towards what God had intended for you to do. And see, we understand what that coming to your senses feels like. I remember sitting in my car, driving home, having just met with a youth pastor who was my boss. I was his intern. And him saying, Jeff, I can't believe you went drinking with a bunch of guys on the church credit card. And I was driving home and having that same moment where I went, oh my gosh, what have I done? What am I doing? And then you start looking back of the trail of dead of the people that you've hurt, all the harm you've caused, and you go, how did this happen? That's what the son does. He comes to his senses. When a person comes to his senses, he be, starts to understand his true condition of where he lies, that I am depraved, I am wrong, that something is not right, and I need to make a change. That's exactly what he does. And he starts looking back at the father. He says, my, wait a second, my father is loving. And he's kind. And you know, do you know his father culturally could have had him stoned for what he did in the beginning of saying, hey, I want your money? His father could have had, can you imagine having that card, parents? Oh, you don't like your cereal? Oh, you don't like your cereal? You want me to call the neighbors? We're going to stone you. Sorry, I'll eat it. Yeah, you will eat it, or I'll stone you, okay? Culturally, that's the card the father had to play. Or he could have banished him from the family. You don't like that peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I'm going to banish you from the family. Okay, I'll eat it, right? But he didn't play that card. In fact, he sold off his property. That word property is, is bios, that we get the word biology, which means he actually gave away a part of himself, a part of his life. And the son starts thinking, wait a second, my father loves the slaves. He feeds them. He's a loving father. I need to head home. And he starts to turn. Repentance is that moment that we turn towards the Father. Turn towards what we were intended to do and where we were intended to go. Repentance starts when we understand our conditions. We have that coming to our senses. We understand 
what's going on, and we turn from it and head in the opposite direction. We head in the direction of God. See, re- repentance is so much more than saying, I'm sorry. Culturally, that's what our world does. I- I'm sorry. Like a, like a two-year-old girl who spills milk on the table and says, I'm sorry. God, my bad. It's my bad. And then we continue to live in the sin that we still do. See, repentance is so much more than that. Repentance is a, oh my goodness, I can't believe that, and then a turning and running the opposite direction in light of who God the Father is, in light of his goodness, in light of his mercy, in light of his love. Repentance equals action. You cannot say that you've truly repented if you have not changed the sin in your life if you've not turned away to move toward the Heavenly Father who is loving and gracious and wonderful. And so he starts in on this mantra, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am, so I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired hand. You can feel him wrestling inside with the conditions that he sees himself in. And that there's no way my father could take me back. There's no way. He's too good. He's too righteous. He's too loving. There's no way. I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a plan. And I love his heart. I love that he's saying, I'm willing to do anything to be back in your home, to be near you. And that is the heart of a repentant person that says, God, I'll do whatever it takes because I've finally come to my senses and now I want to go in the right direction. I want to head towards you. It's not a standing still, and he starts to move forward. He starts to head home, and he journeys. And see, the son knows the father's love, right? And he knows his mercy and his graciousness, and those are the things that actually had him turn in repentance to move towards but you know, he does not completely understand it. He, he completely misunderstands how massive God's love is, his father's love is. He completely misunderstands how, how unbelievable his grace and unbelievable his mercy is. He has just a small version, a small idea of what it looks like. And that's enough to get him to turn and move in repentance. And for you and I... We have an understanding of what God's love is, of his grace. And I pray that, that that causes you to turn and move in repentance. For those of you who have chosen to live in your life in your own sin and, and to do your own thing apart from God, I, I pray this morning in light of who God is that you would turn, but you have a complete misunderstanding of who God is. You think you know God and you don't. I think all of us think we know who God is. And I think we have a complete misunderstanding, really, of who he is. Have you ever had this moment in your life where you thought something was one thing, and then it turned out to be a completely other thing, a completely different thing? You know, like um, uh, walking up to a lady who's holding a baby and go, what a beautiful boy. Oh, he's beautiful. It's a girl. Oh, look at his toes. Right? We always go to the toes, right? When it's awkward, right? If you have an ugly baby, people are always going to talk about the toes. Okay? I'm just going to be straight up with you. 
oh, what cute little fingers, little toes, okay? And then you're like, oh, no, he's ugly, okay? That's what we do. We go to the toes. Or have you, have you ever done the awkward wave thing? Like, Bob, hey, hey, Bob, hey, hey. And he turns around, it's totally not Bob. And you're like, oh. <laughs> you do that awkward, you know, and you walk away as if you didn't do that. Or you point to the person behind him, right? Or you go in the parking lot and you're putting your key in a car. And you're like, what's wrong with this stupid key? It's not working, my dumb car. It's totally not your car. Right? And you, but it's detailed and you're like, I wish it was my car, you know? <laughs> my favorite one, the most awkward one, is when you walk up to a woman and go, how many months are you along? <laughs> I'm not pregnant. Oh, your toes. <laughs> it's your toes. Pretty. Did you get a pedicure? Oh, wow. Beautiful. You have no idea who God is. <laughs> you have such a small picture of who God is. You, you think he's one thing because you've heard it and you've grown up with it. and uh, You have no idea who God is. And the passage that we're going to read here is going to set that in its right way. I pray that you would be overwhelmed by what you're about to hear. That it would tear down everything you think about God, rebuild it based upon what you're about to hear. We're going to head to uh, verse 20. And it says this. To return home to his father. And while he was still a long distance off, and you can hear him going through this mantra, I've sinned against you, I've sinned. Like a kid who's, you know, thinking he's going to totally get spanked for doing something bad. You know, he's... Okay, i, I got to figure out a way to get around this. And he's repeating this mantra and this mantra and over and over and over. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And he sees his father a distance off. And while he was a long distance off, his father saw him. His father was waiting. Filled with love and compassion. Filled with love and compassion. Father ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now is returned to life. He was lost but now he was found. So the party began. God Almighty runs to the repentant sinner who turns their life to Christ and he loves them has compassion for them. He kisses them and he hugs them. Do you feel the weight of that? Do you feel how earth shattering that is? For so many years we thought God was the older brother was pointing our finger in his chest. You change. You need to do good. You need to be better. 
this Father, our Heavenly Father, runs to the repentant sinner. Loves him. Has compassion on him. He kisses him and hugs him. God Almighty, whom in the book of Revelations, the angels cover their eyes in submission as they sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, runs to the repentant sinner who says, I, I'm no longer going to do and live the way that the world said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to you. At this point in the story, the people listening would have revolted. They would have physically been upset. Because you see, patriarchs, fathers who were incredibly wealthy, had stature, would never have ran. In fact, they never showed emotion, let alone run. Many commentators say that the father in this circumstance actually acts like a mother. depict to you and I that is God's reaction when a repentant sinner turns and runs to him. That blew my mind away. I don't know, I have grown up in the church my whole life. That picture alone of God running towards Hugging me. Took me a while to recover from that one. I think I still am. It's a little overwhelming. Because I kind of want God to like beat me up. And see, that's what the son thinks. Because the son comes in with the mantra of, Father, I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Uh, just let me be a slave. Let me be a servant. And, and, and God, the father, the father in this story says, no, no. Don't try to earn me. You can't earn your way back into the family. Don't, don't cheapen this gift by trying to earn me. See, the son thinks, well, I've got I've to make restitution. I, I've got to make this right. And God says, you've, made, you've turned your life towards me. And that's good. Don't cheapen it by trying to say you're going to earn me. Nobody earns me. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I, pe I preach from this passage a lot because it's powerful. And it says... God saved you by his special favor when you believed, when you had that moment of turning through repentance, not living the way that you did, but living in light of who the Father is, when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so no one, so none of us can boast about it. See, what God the Father says is, no, son. You're, you're trying to make a deal with me, and I don't make deals. You're trying to earn me back. You're trying to say, hey, I'll just be a hired hand, and then I'll work my way back up into the family. saying, no, I got a different plan. In fact, the father just completely ignores what the, or what the son says, right? He just moves on. He calls to his slaves and says, hey, bring the robe. Bring the ring. Bring shoes for his feet. Kill the fattened calf. We're going to party. Like it's 1969, We're, let's get crazy up in this place. 
When he gives him the robe, commentators believe that that was actually the father's robe. That was the father's robe. Bring my own robe and put it on him. That robe was to, was to show honor. I honor you, son. As you return your life, I honor you. He gives him the ring. He brings the ring to show authority. He puts shoes on his feet to say, you are not a slave. You are my son. Culturally, at the time, slaves didn't wear shoes. But sons did. Shoes equaled freedom. And he says to his son, through bringing the robe and bringing the ring and putting shoes on his feet, you get everything back as if you never left. Welcome home. Now let's party. And he has this calf, this fattened calf, and, and they kill it. And we go, oh, that's cool. So they, they had some beef, had some steak. You know, why is everyone so excited about this? Well, you see, the fattened calf was the, one of the most prized possessions that they have. It was a part of their fortune. In fact, if you, if you move on in the scriptures, uh, the, the elder brother is mad about the fattened calf. We're like, what's up with the fattened calf, right? See, the, they didn't eat much meat. Meat was a delicacy. And the fattened calf was a part of all their wealth. And so when the father said, kill the fattened calf, he was taking part of my fortune and just absolutely dump it all over him. And then what they would do is, because it was such a big deal, they'd invite the whole town. It was a huge deal when they slaughtered the fattened calf. Huge. And when they did that and how they did that was also a huge deal. And so this father, having his son return, kills the fattened calf and parties with the town. That's a big deal. What God the Father says to him is this. Everything you lost when you turned and went your own direction, I give you back free of charge through repentance. Your place, your position, my wealth, I give it all back to you. John Calvin says, no, no crime, however aggravated, may deter us from the hope of obtaining pardon. Nothing, no matter how bad or what you've done, or how far you've strayed, that God the Father, in the moment you turn and move towards Him, runs to you with love and compassion and wants to restore to you everything that is yours. How great is that? So it doesn't matter how far you're gone or how far you've gone, God's love remains the same. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Some of you today need to make that decision to follow Christ. And I believe the reason why we resist this is because we have an earthly context of what love and grace and compassion looks like. And we make God to be our earthly fathers. And some of you had terrible earthly fathers. And we say, well, that's how they do it here on earth. If you make a mistake, if you go, that's how we do it here on earth. And, and, and we, 
think it's more like the older brother who points his finger and says he needs to make restitution for his sin. And the father says, no, 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 no. When he turns in repentance, I completely take him back. The other thing is I just don't think we get God. I think we try to make God and we put God in these stereotypes. Google has over like 101 million different pages and ideas of who God is. And I just don't think we understand who God is. We make God out to be this old guy, this old deity in heaven in a rocking chair who is holding a proverbial lightning bolt in his hand waiting to just get us. When in reality, he's a patient father who waits for us to turn in repentance and come home. And that's what this story shows us. And he wants to restore to you everything that's yours. Abraham Lincoln, once he was asked how he was going to treat the rebellious Southerners when they had finally been defeated and had returned to the Union of the United States. The questioner expected that Lincoln would take dire vengeance, but he answered, and listen to this, I will treat them as if they had never been away. I will treat them as if they had never been away. That is God the Father's reaction to you and I when we turn in repentance and head home. And that's why he restores the son. No matter how far you've gone or how far you've been gone, God's love for you still remains the same. You know, I remember the day my view of my dad, my earthly father, changed. I had gotten a speeding ticket um, at, at 16 years old. I, and to make matters worse, my father happened to be right behind me. So the cop pulls me over, and my dad's like, well, I'll just get in on this, and pulls over in front of me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And the cop actually goes to my dad's car, is talking to my dad, comes back, gives me a ticket. And I'm like, oh, man, am I in trouble, okay. And my dad was a tough dad. Praise God he was a tough dad. And he was stern, and, and we got punished when we were kids. And, and so I'm in my room as a 16-year-old kid going, oh, man, we, we are broke, and, we, and, and he's going to come down, and this ticket's got to be like $4,000 because that's how my brain works. Four, it's going to be so much money, and he's going to be so angry. He's going to take my license away. He's going to take all my freedom away. And my dad came down in my room, and I'm in my bed, and I'm sterning, and I'm trying to come up with this, you know, thing. Dad, I'm so sorry. I'll work it off. Don't worry about it. And my dad came down to my room, and I was sitting on my bed, and he stood up, and he said, son, I love you. And he walked away. That blew my mind. I mean, that's my earthly father. Do you know your heavenly father? That's just a small picture of what our heavenly father does to you and I. Because scripture says that our wages of the, the wages of our sin is death. That mine was just a speeding ticket. Ours is depravity and sin. From the moment we were born, we have a place we're heading and it's not a good place because of sin. But the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God toward the repentant sinner who turns their life to him is the gift from God, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And his death on the cross. There was a price to be paid for your freedom. For you to be restored. 
to who God has always intended you to be. Do you know what the word Jesus means in, in Hebrew? The word is Yeshua. It means he saves. Yeshua means he saves. God the Father, as a result of loving you and being compassionate on you and hugging and kissing you, sends Jesus, Savior, to die on a cross so that you and I can be made right in him. This morning, my prayer is that if you've never made that commitment to follow Jesus, if you've, if you've never turned in repentance to follow him, that in light of understanding how loving he is of you, that he w- is not going to be like the older brother who points his finger in your chest, but instead he stands with open arms waiting for you to come home so that he can give to you everything that's yours, everything that's promised to you. Would you turn? Would you accept Christ to be a part of your life and his sacrifice to you? Would you change the way you've been living in order to follow him and who he's called you to be and what he desires for you to be? And he waits for you. Would you do that this morning? And the greatest thing, I love this, the part of the passage, it actually talks about it in Luke 15, 7, that when one sinner comes to know Jesus, all of heaven throws a party. All of heaven. Do you know that heaven is like party central? It is always throwing a party because people are always turning in repentance towards the Father in light of who he is and his love and compassion. So heaven's always partying. And you better believe if God the Father runs to the repentant sinner, heaven responds with a party for one sinner. I believe in heaven There's going to be a party today because some of you are going to make that decision to follow Christ and I want to party with heaven. So this morning, come home. Turn your heart, turn your life towards the loving, overwhelming Father who wants to restore to you everything that's yours. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Overwhelmed for sure of this message of your grace and mercy. This message of your love, how much you care for us. God, thank you for allowing us to have a small picture of who you are. God, that you love out of perfection. You don't love out of a sinful love. You love out of perfection. Your grace is a perfect grace, not a human grace. It is so much bigger and massive for us to understand. And God, will we receive that? Would you continue to work on the hearts of those who are thinking of turning in repentance to follow you. And God, thank you for Jesus. God, we thank you for Jesus, our Savior, your response to the sinner, your running to the sinner. Through repentance, we thank you for Jesus and his death on the cross. Amen.